Welcome to ABA Ultimate Showdown, a podcast promoting constructive, respectful, and professional discourse to advance the field of behavior analysis. In the words of Monty Python, and now for something completely different. In March of 2020, amidst the U.S.'s stay-at-home recommendations, Selena Schilling and Ryan O'Donnell of the Daily BA approached us with a fun idea. Provide a forum for stressed professionals to take a break and connect with others. We jumped at the chance to work some levity into our format. It ended up being a great day of collaboration and definitely took our minds off of everything that is going on in the world. While we are publishing this episode to give you a mental break from the overwhelming situations we are all finding ourselves in, we want to send our thoughts and best wishes to all of you. This pandemic has touched all of us, and we hope that this finds you and your loved ones in good health. With that said, we hope you enjoy this brief, modified episode. The corresponding video is on our website, grahambehaviorservices.com, and videos of the entire day can be found on the Daily BA's website and social media outlets. Enjoy! Okay, we're going to pretend as if we are live. What's up, world? This is uh, our behavior meetup. We're hanging out today um, just because things are crazy and we wanted to escape and get to know each other a little bit more in this behavioral community. community. So we have a, a whole host of a lineup. You can find it in the comments section there. We're going for the next four hours streaming. Invite your friends, your neighbors, anyone else that's a nerd. Um, and our first up today is the ABA Ultimate Showdown Takeover. So I'm gonna pass it over to y'all and we have some fun stuff with BCBA fails. Go for it. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thanks for uh, inviting us to be part of this. So welcome to ABA Ultimate Showdown, a podcast promoting constructive, respectful, and professional discourse to advance the field of behavior analysis. Uh, I'm Kara Graham, owner and executive director of Graham Behavior Services, and I will be your host for today's podcast. In addition to running GBS, I am a mother of two children, ages four and six months, and have had plenty of BCBA fails myself. If you listen to our podcast, this round is going to be a little different. We, uh, due to uh, the risk of COVID-19, there's going to be uh, no coin toss. Uh, we're not looking to spread any germs. We also aren't following our typical format, since ain't nobody got time for structure. Uh, we're too busy figuring out how to deliver telehealth services. There will be definitely be no journal articles unless somebody has one that they want to bring up. By all means, put it in, in the chat or uh, on Facebook and we will uh, try to address it. So what we found is, you know, a lot of people from your social media feed may be debating things that kind of make us cringe. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a lighter approach. Uh, we're going to be deba debating the motion, BCBA fails, make me laugh. The pro side supports the motion as stated. The con side uh, debates that BCBA, BCBA fails make me cry. So let's at least give you an operational definition of BCBA fails. Uh, BCBA fails are defined as behavior you have displayed in your personal life that is not in line with effectively utilizing the principles of behavior analysis to affect behavior change. Categorically, any behavior you've engaged in that did not effectively use the principles of behavior analysis to change the behavior of yourself, your significant other, your child, could be human or animal, or in general. So we want to make sure that we present you with a comprehensive and balanced view of the two sides of a controversial topic. Um, so we're going to need your feedback. 
So in the Facebook Live comments, type your hashtag BCBA fails. Uh, I will read them and uh, you can also use your like laughing or crying emojis to show us which side you think it supports as, um, as our two debaters uh, present their sides. Do you want me to get started? I think Kara froze, so why don't you take it away, Jill? Okay, I was like, I don't know if I froze or Kara froze. All right, that's okay. So I'm Jill. I'll be supporting the pro side that BCP BCBA fails make me laugh. Um, I'm the clinical director at Graham Behavior Services, and I have a 16-month-old daughter. So obviously, this story is about her. Um, so as a BCBA, one of my like all-time favorite things to help families with is sleeping skills. Uh, I just feel like it's such a huge thing that families need, and it just changes the lives of their family when they're able to sleep and kids are able to sleep. So when I had kids or a baby, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be the best sleeper ever. She's going to be able to like sleep through the night. She's going to sleep anywhere. <laughs> uh, she's going to be a good napper. And eventually I was able to teach her these things. And ultimately she is a really good sleeper. She's taking a nap right now. Um, but this story is not <laughs> of a story when she was a great sleeper. This story is both kind of like a BCBA fail and really also almost like a mom fail, at least a new mom fail. Um, I mean, I recognized that she wasn't going to sleep through the night right away. Like I understand babies don't sleep through the night right away. But when she was about two months old, she was starting to be a really good sleeper. So it was New Year's Eve. My husband and I are going to go to my friend's house, just the two of us, the two of them, and we're going to bring our daughter. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we got this. We're going to do her usual nighttime routine. She's going to sleep in her pack and play. And she's just, she's going to be great. Okay. So obviously you can see like where this story is going. So we get there and the way the house was set up, it's like the pack and play has to go in the same room as us. So at that moment, I should have just abandoned this plan. But did I? No. <laughs> so in hindsight, I was actually like a little overconfident in my BCBA skills. And I feel like has that ever happened to you? Like you kind of are so confident in the plan that you wrote. You're so confident in the procedures that you're using that you end up having a fail because you just can't see that maybe this is not going to work at that time. Um, like you forget that you need to adapt your skills. Um, so obviously she didn't fall asleep in the pack and play, but I didn't abandon the plan after like 30 minutes. Uh, I didn't abandon the plan after 60 minutes. <laughs> I didn't abandon the plan until two hours. And I'm not saying I was just letting her cry the whole time. I'm not like a horrible mom or anything like, geez, but I would like pick her up, rock her, lay her back in her pack and play. Cause that was our plan. And I just couldn't see that maybe it just wasn't working at that time. Um, so obviously after two hours, I pick her up, I hold her, she slept and I held her the rest of the night, you know? And I just feel like that was the result of me being just like slightly overconfident BCBA in my skills of teaching sleeping and a slightly uh, new mom with a daughter who was only two months. So basically, <laughs> 
I have to laugh at this story because otherwise I would pretty much just die of embarrassment. This couple that we went to see that night is pregnant now. And I am like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed by this story because this is a skill I should have had in my like kind of BCBA toolkit. So I feel like if I couldn't laugh about this, I'd basically just like hang up my BCBA hat. I mean, you need to learn from an experience like this in your practice, professional practice, and in your mom life. But also, I just have to laugh about this because it's just so like, ugh, you know, so that's my first of many stories. But that's my intro to why I have to laugh at BCBA fails. <laughs> Thanks, so- Jill. <laughs> Awesome. Meg, all right. So you want to support the side that uh, BCBA fails make us cry? Um, Meg, you want to take over? (laughs) So many of my fails just make me (laughs) stay up at night and think about (laughs) who I really am. (laughs) So hi, all. Um, I'm Megan Miller. Um, There will be another Megan Miller following. I'm Megan Miller from New Jersey. So um, I've got two little dudes at home, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I've got one on the way in the middle of May. My husband and I are seriously, we're learning something new about raising them every single day. So I think a lot of my BCBA fails probably make me cry because I had such high expectations going in. I really nailed being a special ed teacher in a BCBA. I loved managing people and working with paraprofessionals. And I was able to manage multiple students, individualized behavior plans. And I was able to, to manage meetings and write IEPs and be the coach of our PBSIS team. And we moderated, I moderated the student ambassadors. I basically like nailed all of these aspects of my professional life. So when I had a baby, I was like, this is going to be cake. It's one little kid. And basically everything I did was wrong. So I remember thinking that like, wait, when do babies start following behavioral norms? I was so sleep deprived. Um, I remember the first four months of his life basically were like one long day. (laughs) It was my husband can attest. It was, it was a long time. Um, so I didn't really get, it didn't really get better from there. So I questioned everything I did and it was so hard. I, I, he just loved us so much that he wanted to be up with us all the time. He wanted to party with us all the time. So I was trying to like learn how to be a parent. I was trying to apply behavior analytic principles and I was completely sleep deprived and also trying to manage work. So ridiculous. So fast forward to when my son was two years and four months and we started potty training. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to nail this. I've got this. I do it with the clients. This is going to be a cakewalk. So he got urine trained in three days. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. We got this. Uh, And then it was like a week later and basically (laughs) he was still urine trained during the night. He's like during the naps and we couldn't get the bowel movements trained. So he's going in his underwear and we're like, all right, first week, you know what? Let's give him a week. This will be okay. And I was like, you know what? Maybe a month, not a big deal. Two months, let's, (laughs) I reassess reinforcers. I looked at surrounding contingencies. I provided models, basically did everything that we could think of to get this kid to poop on the potty. I, I drew this, hold on, I pulled it up on my phone. This super reinforcing, he loves the poop emoji app. So I drew this like super reinforcing poop emoji on the diaper and I hung it up so that I was like, all right, if I could get him to request this diaper, then I can easily shape that so that he could poop on the potty. All right, <laughs> fast forward to a year and a month later. Uh, now he's three and almost three and a half. And, um, still pooping on his underwear, not giving a, you know what? So my husband, who's a structural engineer, who I love dearly and who is my best friend and, and is an awesome dad, but has no formal behavior analytic training. One day he goes to him, he's like, hey buddy, you want this car from cars? 
awesome, go poop on the potty. And ever since that day, he's pooped on the potty. So basically it made me com completely question everything that I do as a behavior analyst. And uh, um, that's why I, I think that when I fail, when I see the fails, they make me cry because I know that I should, I know what I should be doing and I know that it should be working, but it just doesn't. And it's just completely defeating. So <laughs> awesome. Same thing happened to Megan Miller. So I'm, so I'm sorry. I feel you. The poop in the underwear is just the worst. It's so terrible. <laughs> Ooh, Meg, that is a lot of, <laughs> a lot of poopy underwear to be changing for many months. Okay. Well, thanks, ladies, for giving us your uh, intros of uh, BCBA fails, if they make you laugh or cry. We've had a couple people post um, on the page. So Crystal had posted. Um, so I'm going to give you guys, at this point, um, anybody who's watching, if you want to post on the Facebook page some of your fails, and then what we're going to do, or any questions that you might have for either Jillian or Megan, um, we'll kind of uh, go through each of the fails that other people have posted, and then Meg and Jill, you guys can each comment on them and say if you think it supports your side that it's funny, or do you think it maybe more makes you cry. Um, so the first one we have comes from Crystal, and she said that her, uh, she's a BCBA, her 17-year-old daughter is still an incredibly picky eater. <laughs> so 17 is a long time to still be a pretty, pretty picky eater. I know I've got some pretty, pretty picky four-year-olds. Uh, Meg, so actually let's start with Jill. Jill, what do you think? Is that one that makes you laugh or makes you cry? I feel like it has to make you laugh. That's the thing is like, we're so hard on ourselves as BCBAs. We like do so many things for our clients and you know, in a professional setting, we can analyze our own behavior and see like our own procedures and what we're doing. But in our personal lives, it's like, it has to make you laugh. Like, you know that by probably reinforcing the pickiness that now they're still a picky eater, but it's like, it has to make you laugh because otherwise, I don't know. I just feel like because <laughs> otherwise you'll cry. That, that's exactly my point. So you're going to send, and Crystal, I feel you girl, like you're going to send a girl to college and she is going to be a picky eater. And I get it. I would cry too. So I, I fully support your, however you cope with this, you go for a run, you have a glass of wine, you do what it takes girl. Cause I am going to be crying right there along with you. <laughs> All right, we got another story here uh, from Megan Miller. This is a good one. Uh, she has a four-year-old was eating outside yesterday on the screened-in porch. Uh, her, her husband looks out and sees him trying to pee uh, on the porch off the edge of the pool deck below. So it turned into a huge tantrum over needing to pee on something <laughs> and not wanting to pee in the toilet. <laughs> I'm going to take the, wait, let me go okay. first on this one because okay. now she's dealing with this, this little amazing little kid who's trying to pee on everything that she owns and now she's got to clean it up. And how much is that going to smell? How are you going to get the smell out? I would just be crying all day long. I make sure I have like a lot, a lot of the paper towels and a lot of the Whatever you guys are using to clean them, because you don't want to, you don't want to stain the the wooden furniture. You don't want to stain the screen. You don't want to stain anything. I would be crying. I feel you. Again, I support all of your emotional. I totally get you, Meg. I totally get it because, like, listen, if 
he goes to pee on like everything then after that one incident, then I got it. I would be proud too. But I feel like in that standalone incident, that is just so funny. Like where did, where could he have gotten that behavior from? You know what I mean? Like you just have to kind of laugh about it sometimes for kids because sometimes it's like they see one little thing or you've reinforced one little thing that you maybe didn't even think of. And then all of a sudden it's like they're trying to pee on something. <laughs> I feel you on that too, though, Jill. I, okay, I could I could concede that maybe it'll make you laugh in the future because yeah. we had we were at a funeral once and um, it was just me with my two boys and my my one had to go to the bathroom so I <laughs> I let him pee in the grass and ever since that day that let's got to be like eight nine months ago he's like can I be in the grass again I'm like what you did it once you did it once there's not even a learning history there it's so fun though it's so fun. it's funny now it's, fun. it's funny now. <laughs> but I, I was have, <laughs> I have to jump onto this story because I have a daughter as I said who's four years old and her best friend is a little boy and we had a pool and in the summer when he would have to pee he would go pee in the yard and she was like, wait a second, like he gets to pee in the grass? Like I want to pee in the grass. So <laughs> now my four-year-old, who's a little girl, pulls her pan, her bathing suit bottom all the way down to her ankles <laughs> and leans forward and pees into the grass. <laughs> and we allowed it because her friend did it. How could we say no and be like, you're a girl, you can't do that. So we allowed it. But then it became like, before we got in the pool, She'd be like, I'd be like, oh, babe, go to the bathroom. You need to go to the bathroom first. No, I don't have to go because she wanted to pee outside in the grass. So we should be in the pool for 30 seconds and be like, oh, I got to pee. Power <laughs> pants, boy, down, a little butt hanging out. <laughs> and now you go to a birthday party and now you're crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's funny in my own house when we go somewhere else, probably not going to be so funny. Probably going to be crying. <laughs> yep. So I'll give, I could give it to you on that part of it that like, once you do it once, it's like, oh God, now I'm crying about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll give it to you on that. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's see if we've got some other stories here. Uh, okay. Uh, another Facebook poster, Leanna said that I use behavior specific praise so much. My daughter now uses it with me. <laughs> So um, I've definitely had this turned around on me with my own daughter as well. Um, how about you guys? Anything with your kids where they're repeating the exact same phrases that you've done? Well, my daughter's only 16 months, so she's not like, but she prompts me a lot because apparently I've prompted her a lot like point to book or like turn the page. So then if she wants me to do it, she'll take my hand and make my hand point to it. I'm like, what the heck? But it does make me laugh because it's so cute. It's so innocent. I feel like, you know, it's not, a, it's not such a bad thing. Then she'll be using behavior specific praise with her friends. Like love how nicely you returned my text message. <laughs> <laughs> She's older. Maybe it would make me laugh if it was behavior specific praise that, they, that they're copying. And sometimes they do, but then sometimes they also um, copy like my reprimands. So then I hear myself coming out of their mouths. Like the other day, my two-year-old stood with his hands on his hips and he, I think he said something like, like, oh, what are you doing? I need you to come over here and do this first. And, and I was like, well, that's exactly, that's exactly what I say. <laughs> I feel like, so, so when I hear them say 
what like when I'm when I'm reprimanding them or something or when I'm upset with something that they're doing yeah it kind of makes me cry after the fact because I'm like I can't believe that I say that so much that he's actually repeating me <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> Maybe if I remembered what I what he exactly said, if I had better memory, it might make you cry a little bit more. <laughs> We've got that at dinner time sometimes. Um, my daughter will ask me something and I'll have like, you know, mouthful of food and I'll go to say something back to her and she'll be like, Mom, chew first, then talk. And I'm like, ooh, girl, you're right. Sorry. My older one does that too. <laughs> like if I ask him a question and there's something in his mouth, he's like, <laughs> he'll point to his mouth like that and it's hilarious <laughs> it's really really funny oh. okay let's see if we have any other comments here or any other stories that we want to go over uh, uh judy had just posted that uh under my own uh roof my brain becomes jelly and aba skills are out the window why <laughs> i agree though like i have a I have a fail about my husband who probably is like either upstairs listening or like watching this right now, but this is innocent. So it's, it's not like super insulting, but like for a year, I wanted him to take his lunchbox out of his backpack and put it in the kitchen. Like how many, how many of you guys have taught a kid this skill? Like take your lunchbox out in the kitchen, empty it. And for a year, I can't get him to do this. And I can't figure it out. Like, I've, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I've taught kids this skill. I've taught kids with, like, real challenging behaviors this skill. Like, how can I not teach my grown husband <laughs> to take his lunchbox out and put it in the kitchen? And finally, after, like, a year and a half, I realized, oh, because I do it every night. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm totally, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. how your brain totally turns off from like what you would typically do. Like typically you would not do that. But meanwhile, I'm saying to him like, oh, why can't you just take it out? But I'm taking it out and bringing it to the kitchen. <laughs> I feel that on my dog. I'm um, a dog mom and I am a terrible, terrible dog mom. So the dog, um, our dog Pierce lived with my husband for, I guess the first four years of his life. And, um, and he is just, he pulls, when you take him for a walk, he is basically walking you. Like you are dragging, if you can, if you need to, if you need to walk him, you need to be able to run, put your sneakers on, you need to be able to go. Cause he is just the worst. And do, like, do I know what I should be doing? Yes. I'd let you know, like I should be pulling him away or like not reinforcing where, where he wants to go or like make, maybe making sure that like I'm, I'm. I don't know, maybe watch a few like behavior analytic dog shows, but I, I just don't have time. And I know that it's, it's so much easier for me to run with him, even like eight and a half months pregnant than it is to actually <laughs> teach him to, to walk appropriately so that he doesn't hurt anyone around us. Oh, that's a good story, Meg. Cause we have a couple people had posted some dog, uh, Dog parent fails. We have a dog mom <laughs> fail here. Uh, during puppy training, uh, your dog performs the trick for the dog trainer, yet you, uh, but not you, and you're a BCBA. So <laughs> I think that's a, a common issue across uh, many people. Yeah, and it's just got to make you cry. 
right because I feel I feel like you're you're like oh yes I do this for a living you know animal behavior is all is all deterministic and and then you come back and you're like uh yeah I can't get my dog to do what you did so I'm gonna need your help on this and they're like oh sure you have your master's right okay cool yeah I'll help you and I feel like that's definitely gonna make you cry Okay, I don't have any pets, but Meg, I actually agree with you on this one that that does sometimes make me feel like crying because I am so horrible with dogs. Like I do all the wrong things. I'm super like scared around them. I always feel like they're going to like attack me, even though they're not. But like, <laughs> like I understand animal behavior. How can I not understand how to interact with a dog? Like, so I, I agree with you on that one. Dimitri had actually posted, I think this is a pretty funny story. Uh, my nine-year-old dog barks relentlessly whenever I touch my, touch my wife. I mean, whenever. That's, that's a pretty good one, especially as a BCBA. You would think like, okay, I can change this behavior. I feel like that is no laughing matter. That is, that is not funny. There's nothing funny about that. Like, you need to touch your wife. <laughs> So I feel like, yes, and especially if I was the wife, like, I'd definitely be crying. Like, I need my husband to touch me. I'd lock that dog out of the bedroom, and <laughs> the dog is not allowed in that bedroom. I already said, like, with these ones, I agree with you on these ones. <laughs> uh, all right, we got another one here. Uh, Lauren said, if I sneak a piece of chocolate and my son catches me, he will say, Mama, <laughs> first you need to work, then... A special treat. <laughs> Little pre-mac principle. Grandma's will be thrown in your face. <laughs> I mean, come on. That one is hilarious. Yeah, I, I yield to you, Jill. <laughs> about that because, first of all, it's probably so cute. And second, like, the ones that are really more, like, innocent, it's like you just have to laugh at them. You can't be so hard on yourself as a parent and as a BCBA. You know? <laughs> yeah, my my two guys, um, my parents and and my husband's um, parents are are like their favorite people, ten times more than us. So when they offer them something like like ice cream or like a donut in the middle of the afternoon, I sometimes my older one will say, "But we have to eat dinner first. <laughs> and yes, that makes me <laughs> definitely makes me laugh. So I yield to that one. I yield to you guys. <laughs> That's some good training there, Meg. Well done. <laughs> That's not a BCBA fail. That's like a That's a success. That's a mom win. And it's only going to get stronger after the quarantine, right? Because we are together 24-7. Yep. Yep. Uh, Claire had posted another one about her kids that this one makes her cry. Um, toddlers cleaning their toys at home. But I hear from their daycare teachers that they're the best helpers in the class. What's up with that? <laughs> hey, she's got to survive. <laughs> Exactly. And it's like, it's hard to get your kid to clean up. It just is. Oh my gosh. And I know my daughter's young, but still like even one little book on the shelf. I'm like, Oh God, I'll just do it later. Never mind. <laughs> that is, I, I feel like that one would make me cry because you know, like, you know what to do. <laughs> you know uh, what to do. You're just so tired that you can't do it. <laughs> I feel like you have to laugh that one off because it's just like, you gotta just let some things go. It's, you know, that's it. <laughs> a great quote here from a Facebook commenter. There's a saying in Finnish that the shoemaker's children go without shoes. 
Yeah, right. That's yes. It. Yes. That's so funny that you say that. We, I was in um, an ACT course with Dr. Tom Sabo uh, last year, and one of my classmates brought up the good the the awesome point that you, like hairdressers can't cut their own hair so like I was like yes right exactly so but nevertheless sometimes you cry about it <laughs> um let's see we got one more commenter here I think we can probably go over uh Candace writes uh let's see every time my dog howls I give him attention so now when he's in his bed and wants to be pet he howls and I re <laughs> reinforce it every time that's hilarious. <laughs> I think that is pretty hilarious. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> As fun. you're going to bed, poor Candace is probably crying into her tea because she's going to bed. All she wants to do is sleep and her poor family is just not, not able to sleep because she's trained up this dog to howl. <laughs> oh. All right, so let's see. Oh, uh, other Megan Miller says, I'd like to point out that none of us are crying right now about these stories. We are all laughing. We're all laughing. Touche, Megan, touche. <laughs> Thank you. So we've got a couple more minutes until our, just a few minutes, three, two, three minutes left. Uh, Megan, Jill, I'd like to give you a, a opportunity, take 30 seconds to, to drive home your side and then I'll, I'll start wrapping things up. Okay. I mean, I, I'll start. Um, I do feel like we're all here laughing about it now. And I just feel like we have to remember, like, not only during quarantine time, but all the time. It's like we, we have to be a little bit forgiving of ourselves in our homes. It's like we're not going to be able to be excellent BCBAs in the clinical field and excellent BCBAs at home. Like, sometimes something a little bit has to give. So you have to just laugh about it to get, forgive yourself a little bit, you know? Just laugh about it, fix it, move on, and know that just being a parent is hard and being a BCBA can be challenging, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That, 100%, all of that I agree with. And I feel like if you are crying into your tea or your wine or your soda or your water or whatever you're drinking, I'm with you, I feel you, because in the moment, after the fact, it is hilarious, as Megan Miller pointed out. We are all laughing about it after the fact, but when I am cleaning that poopy, uh, when I'm cleaning that poopy underwear in my bathroom sink, I am not. There is nothing to be laughing about, including the smell. So, I feel you. After the fact, it's going to be funny, and when we all look back at this, hopefully, we'll laugh. But, but in the moment, I'm going to shed a few tears. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, ladies. So the best part about our debate is that there is no winner and there's no loser. Our intention is always to present a different point of view of a controversial topic that you may not have previously considered. So uh, this is a really tough point with a lot of considerations that need to be made. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> just laugh off your uh, BCBA fails. It's all good. And we all have our moments. So let's take some solace in the fact that we aren't always on and that we all fail sometimes. So um, it may make social distancing just a little bit easier. Um, so we, before we, to wrap up, <clears throat> we always ask our audience two things. Uh, be respectful and thoughtful when you respond to other people and their ideas. Remember that everyone has a unique learning history that has brought them to this moment. It will make you a better person and further promote behavior uh, analysis. And two, go forth and deliver good ABA. You know when you're not failing. 